Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, thank you for checking out the Performance Anxiety Podcast on the Pantheon Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark, and I want to thank our sponsor, AKG, for sending us their Podcaster Essentials Kit. The Lira mic and the headphones are a great way to start your own podcast if you've ever wanted to do that. It's incredibly affordable and so easy to use. Now, I was lucky enough to have John Barrett of Bass Room of Death join me. He talks about growing up in Oxford, Mississippi, and how old Miss sports can be very frustrating. And after moving into a house in Oxford that ended up being home to several bands and a recording studio for his first two albums, he moved to New York City. And that really had an impact on his songwriting, one that some of his fans weren't so happy about. But John also had a great way to vet the production team on his last full-length album. But when COVID started to shut things down, John moved back to Mississippi and started a Twitter beef with Eve Six that didn't end exactly how anyone expected it to end. But beyond Twitter Beast, John's also been busy working on a new Bass Drum of Death album. He's hoping to have it ready to go before too long, so follow him on social media at Bass Drum of Death, or just go to BassDrumOfDeath.com to get updates or buy the band's albums. Follow us at Performance ANX, and you can help support the show at PerformanceANX.Threadless.com or KO-FI.com slash PerformanceAnxiety. Let's get this conversation started with John Barrett of Bass Drum of Death on Performance Anxiety, part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Hey, it's John from Bass Drum of Death, and you're listening to Performance Anxiety. Hey, I appreciate you doing this, man. This is awesome. Absolutely, yeah. No, no worries. Yeah, sorry about that. I was, uh, I was in a movie. I went. I finally went and saw the new James Bond movie. Oh, and I was looking at it, and I was like, man, this shit's long as fuck. So I'm gonna have to hustle to get back. <laughs> To the house in time, so. Um, <laughs> no worries, man, no yeah. worries. I was kind of shocked when you were like, hey, yeah, let's do it. I was like, well, I can't right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess, I, I think it was one of those mornings where like, I think, so I got a, uh, I have a new puppy. Oh. And so this this puppy really, uh, you know, so they, she really doesn't care what, what I do the night before. She still wakes me up at 6.30 every morning. <laughs> so on a, on a couple of days a week, we take her to uh, like a daycare situation. So then a couple of days a week, I'm like up in the morning and I'm like, well, now what do I do? Yeah. I don't, <laughs> like, I don't have this like little, you know, nugget to look after so um yeah oh yeah i was like yeah i want to do it let's do a podcast i got i got time you know well so, um, don't forget we're gonna yeah. be singing a song at the end of this 
Okay. <laughs> when there's some Italian podcast that wanted you to sing with them or something at the end. Oh yeah, they wanted. Yeah, there was something. Uh, yeah, they wanted to do something, and like they had the rights to it or something. I forget what it was. It was. Uh, That's ballsy, man. It, it was really strange. Yeah, and um, yeah, I'd, I'd have to go back and look to for exactly what it was, but it was really you know it was really strange yeah, yeah. i don't know so. <laughs> I, that's 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 pretty uh pretty ballsy hey yeah i want you to come on my show sing a song and i have the rights to it right that's, yeah that's, <laughs> yeah i don't i'm not really sure how that works but i mean good on i mean um yeah good on them if they can get people to do it i guess i wonder know? how many people know. actually do yeah i don't know You'll have to go back and look. It's probably good. Like I don't, I don't mean to blow them up, but uh, it's probably good that I don't remember the name of yeah. it. So, <laughs> so I'll have to go. Uh, yeah, I have to go. I have to go look back and check it out and see exactly what it is. I'm sure it's like not anything crazy or anything. I, I, I just it just struck me like weird. Yeah, it uh, does sound a little weird. Yeah. So you're currently back in Mississippi now. Yes. Okay. Um, Kind of moved. Um, I was in New York for seven years and then I like, came down here once COVID started in New York. And I was like, yeah, I'll just kind of wait it out down here. And, you know, hopefully it, everything, you know, kind of clears up. And, you know, here we are almost two years later. Yeah. So, yeah. So it was, it was kind of time. Like I'd been, I'd been kind of thinking about getting out, out of New York anyways. And uh, so it was just kind of a good time to, to make a move and, yeah, it's been good. So I've just kind of been spending the whole time, like uh, making a new record and going through the process of that. And oh, nice. um, yeah, so it's been it's been really good. What got you into music in the first place? You're fr you're from Oxford, Mississippi, which is a big college sports town. Yeah, so were you I'm actually watching. I'm actually watching an Ole Miss basketball game right now. Oh man, nice. <laughs> Who are they playing? It's like, it's like uh, they're playing Marquette. Um, Ooh, so. Yeah. So, um, but I can, I can do two things at once, especially when it's Ole Miss sports, you know, you never, you never want to pay too much close attention yeah. to it because then, then things start going wrong. Yeah. I mean, um, you guys are riding the lane train into, I don't know what. Yeah, you, you no, guys... it's, it's been a good year. I'm trying to, you know, trying to just knock on wood and hope we keep it going. But, um, yeah. So I guess originally like I was in bands and stuff like I had like electric guitars and I was in like little bands with friends and stuff, like all through like middle school and high school and stuff. And oh, cool. we actually had a band. We played, we would play a bunch of like high school parties and stuff. And I think we actually ended up like saving all of our money from shows. And we like bought a van when we were like 17, oh. which is <laughs> wow. kind of crazy. Dude. Yeah. Um, and we went on like a little tour. Yes. Yeah, so I was kind of doing stuff like that. And, um, you know, then I went to college and, you know, still had that kind of high school band that kept going on, but I kind of wanted to, it was just, everybody was kind of scattered because everybody was like different ages and going to different schools. And I kind of wanted to start doing stuff by myself. So I started just like, I was living with my roommate at the time. He just had uh, just a bass drum that was sitting in like a spare room. So I started just playing guitar and pounding on the bass drum and like singing at the same time so that's kind of how it all started but yeah i mean the whole goal for me initially was just to be able to play shows and like drink for free and <laughs> underage <laughs> so you know i never really thought uh never really thought about it uh, much more past that yeah i don't know i guess here we are so was your brother in these early bands too no, he, uh, he kind of, cause my brother were three, me and my brother are three and a half years apart. Okay. So, 
you know, that it doesn't sound like that much when you're an adult, but when you're like in high school and middle school, you know, it's, it might as well be like fucking 20, you know? Yeah. It's one thing to get underage drinks when you're like 16, but when your brother's 13, that's a little. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, But he was, he was always in other, other bands and, um, and he had a band that kind of, it was kind of a similar situation, but his, his high school band had a lot more success than mine did. Um, Really? Yeah, they actually put out a couple of records. They they were signed. They were signed to Fat Possum at one point, and um, and then signed to what was that other label they signed to? But yeah, they did some. They did a, a few things, and they were like um, they were together for a long time. But um, yeah, so we were never doing stuff kind of at the never doing the same thing. Only in the past like few years have I um, has he been really like playing with me. And uh, well, he had come on tours with me and stuff before, but. Definitely over this past two years, we've been like actually doing a lot of the writing and stuff together. So it's been cool to have him involved. But yeah, growing up, we never really, um, we never really did much of anything together. And um, so now, um, but my mom would always like try to get us to do stuff. And we were always like, shut up, mom. so, So now mom's, I think, pretty stoked. Sounds like a mom thing. Yeah, yeah. So how did you come up with the name Bass Drum of Death? Well, my, um, I had a friend who was living down the street at the time that I was like pounding the bass drum and like kind of playing a Jake leg version of a one man band, like basically just a bass drum, you know? And, uh, so he had a project that he was doing like up the street and it was called, uh, Dent May and his magnificent ukulele. Oh, nice. Um, Yeah. So I was like, and we were both kind of doing the same thing, like recording our stuff with USB mics and that sort of stuff. And, um, and so I was like, what can I do? Like, I want to, you know, make my name like the opposite of that or whatever. So I decided to call it John Barrett's bass drum of death. And, uh, (laughs) so I think, yeah, I think once I started like playing, you know, as a two piece and like with real drums and like started being a real band, I was like, well, I can either go, I can either stick with bass drum of death or I can like stick with my name. And I was like, the name's kind of like my, my, just my name is kind of boring. So, um, at least, at least some people, I uh, think if they hear the name Bass Drum of Death, they'll be like, oh, what is that? So, Oh, yeah. When um, you opened up for Black Rebel Motorcycle Club, it really uh, kind of stuck with me. In fact, I've, yeah. s- I've seen BRMC, I think, four times, and you're the only opening band that I remember. Oh, wow. That's good. Yeah, that was a really, really fun tour. Yeah, there's, there's a bunch of crazy stuff that happened on that tour. But, uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a fun one. Those guys are awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, They're my favorite band and uh, they've been on a few times in the podcast, so. Oh, cool! Yeah, they've been. Yeah, awesome I've seen I've, I've seen Robert a couple of times since that tour, and I think he he just did like a score for some movie that's about some big time movie that's about to come out. I can't remember yeah, the name of it. Uh, the Card Counter. Really cool. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I that's think it's it. a Scorsese flick. I think. Yeah, it was, it was like yeah, you know, because he'll go you know two years without posting anything or anything like that. You know, I haven't spoken to him in a long time, but. Yeah, he was like posting a bunch of stuff about that. I was like, oh shit, this looks pretty major. This is awesome. What was the scene like in Oxford when you started? I mean, was it a good place for uh, uh, you know indie bands to play? Being a college town. Yeah, it was great. You know, I think when I started, you know, I mean, that was still it was still like very like in the MySpace era. You know, okay. so we were like booking our own tours and stuff like that, wow. and like kind of doing one of those. You know, we'd play a show with a band from a certain place and then they'd return the favor with a show that in their hometown or whatever. So 
you know, it was, it was really good. And there was all, there was a lot of people, uh, my, most of my friends, like we were all in bands and they have, you know, there's all sorts of things going on. And then later on, like once we, once we all had put out a, a couple of records or, you know, one, yeah, we all lived in this big like house venue called the dude ranch, which had this huge, it was like built originally to be like a boys and girls club. Like, okay. so it has this like room that was meant to be like a bunk room. Um, like it looked like a hunting camp, like bunk house or whatever. Right, yeah. So we would have shows in there and, um, you know, basically book it and it would be, you know, like 10 bucks and like bring your own beer. And, um, <laughs> yeah, and it was pretty wild. Like we had Grimes played there once, oh, uh, wow. like Jeff, Jeff, the brotherhood real, real estate played there a couple of times. Um, I don't think Mac DeMarco ever played there, but we would always like, he, whenever he played in Oxford, we would always party there. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, so it was a it was a pretty pretty sick little uh, setup there, but um, yeah, so the scene was really good, kind of when I was when everything was kind of going on. I guess well, probably probably my first, I guess my first three records was really when I was there. I think I, I moved to New York like right after my third record. Okay. Yeah. Was being a professional musician always on your mind, and uh, when did you realize that you could actually do this for a career? Um, I don't know. I mean, that's still, I st <laughs> I'm still not really sure now, um, especially given the, you know, the last like year and a half or two, but, yeah. um, you know, it's just always, it's, it's always something new going on, but, um, yeah, I don't know. That, that, I don't think you ever, I think you're always just trying to hustle and figure out different ways to make it fun and make it worth, I mean, not only my time, but everybody's time that, plays with me, you know, cause it's a big, it's a big commitment. And, uh, you know, it's a little, you know, as you get a little bit older, it's, it starts, you start having a lot more real world responsibilities than you did when you were 23, 24, yeah, you know, for sure. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess every day is just a, a grind and try to try to do something every day that, um, that furthers the whole project. So how did the first album come about? I mean, were you sending demos out or did fat possum approach you? Well, I had worked there and, uh, I'd worked there and they had put out a seven inch for me back in like 2008. of like really kind of shitty touring and um you know like basically touring in my corolla and uh <laughs> you know just a bunch of bunch of those where you're like you know drive for nine hours and play to four people oh yeah and just a, a bunch of that sort of stuff and i'd had like oh uh, and I, I just kept recording songs and recording songs and this is you know obviously this is like kind of before spotify or anything too mm -hmm. so it was kind of hard for people. Like people could just listen to you on MySpace, and it really didn't. I just, uh, I never like really thought about the like record part of it that much. I just wanted to go like tour, right? And so, I, but, but I looked up and I was like, yeah, nobody's coming to my shows because nobody knows who the fuck I am right. because I don't have a record out. <laughs> like nobody's gonna, you know. 
So I kind of looked up one day and just basically had like 11 songs. So I wow. started sending it, I started sending it to, um, to people and really didn't get a whole lot of interest at all. And, uh, so there was this one guy, this guy that ran like a really small label in New York. It was called inflated records. And, uh, he was going to do, he was going to press it and do a, um, it was going to be originally going to be like a 300 press and that was it. And I think like get found, like got like was on pitchfork or something or got like, like got blown up on there or something like that. It got a little bit easier. So Fat Possum like came and wanted to um, wanted to do it, and uh, so we kind of worked that out from there. But yeah, because that was like kind of you know what I wanted originally, and um, so it just made it a little bit easier. And so then from there on, it just kind of everything just kind of went. So, so did you do everything yourself with that record, produce, mix, and do everything, or was yeah, there anybody I else did, involved? Yeah, I did the first one myself. I think my brother helped me on Get Found and he always likes to he always likes to remind me of that. He's like, "You know, you didn't do it all yourself." <laughs> um, so he helped me record that one. But yeah, everything else I did I did completely by myself. Yeah, the first GB City and uh the self-titled I did by myself. Wow. And they, just through USB mics and and your Yeah, I really just used wow. it was like a little like a little snowball it looks like this. Oh yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah, I pretty much just used that. And I had, I think I did, I really don't think I used any other mics. Yeah, I mean, at that point, that was all I knew how to use. I mean, now there's like, I mean, all that technology has gotten way better yeah. in the past few years and it's gotten a lot easier to use. So, but at the time, like, all I really knew or cared about knowing was like just plugging that thing in and to GarageBand and basically making it work like a four track. That's amazing. It's got such a great, 60s garage rock sound it's so so cool I, it's really awesome yeah thanks man yeah I, um you know it um it was one of those things where i think a lot of times i might have just got i might have just have gotten lucky yeah. <laughs> just on like getting <laughs> you know just because drum sounds are so hard and uh oh, yeah. yeah they're just hard to get and then make them sound cool and i think like whatever i don't know sometimes i mean even you'll have the same drums in the same room with the same mic and different days they'll sound different. Oh yeah. So I think a lot, a lot of times I just kind of got lucky and, you know, kind of went with something when it was sounding okay. It definitely wasn't from using like nice equipment or anything like that. So, <laughs> well, it sounds great. Like, you know, songs like high school roaches, velvet itch, which I mean, it sounds like it's about a topical cream for herpes or something, but it's, I don't think that's what it is. Is it? No, it's uh, well. The Oxford is lovingly referred to as the Velvet Ditch. Oh, so it's kind of, so it's kind of a play on words of that. Yeah, I've never heard that. I, okay. Yeah. Catch 
But yeah, it's like, I mean, it's not, it's not really like, it's known pretty much like as that only to like townies. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But my favorite on that album is, is I could never be your man. That, I like that a lot. That's uh, that's kind of a um, that's one I always forget about. We used to play it live like years ago, and haven't played it in a while. But yeah, that one's a pretty good one. Too. I always forget about that one. <laughs> well, that's my favorite off the first album. But so, when did you decide to move to New York? I think it was it was kind of it was in the lead up to like my third record for Rip This. I think I moved there like right before that came out. Okay, and. Um, yeah, I was kind of just like tired. Of, I'd just gotten out of a relationship and I was in Oxford. I was like, I really don't need to be here anymore. I'm just going to try it out and see. So I moved there. Yeah, I just kind of decided to go up there and, and uh, kind of try something new because I'd never lived outside of Mississippi. Was there a so, reason you, you wanted New York and not Atlanta or L.A.? Well, I mean, yeah, because New York's the greatest city in the world. <laughs> then, you know, um yeah, and and also too, I just like the idea of like, basically you can move to New York with a suitcase and you're fine. You know, you yeah. don't need a lot of stuff because there's no. I mean, living in New York, there's nowhere to put any stuff. Right. So, exactly. You know? so, so yeah, it was just uh, it just kind of made sense, and um, I don't know, I had a had a pretty good group of friends that was already there, and then you know, the, a lot of like good friends that introduced me to a lot of other really cool people and stuff like that. It was really easy to get kind of plugged into. A lot of cool people and things going on. So it was a good experience overall then? Yeah, it was. It was, it was a great, great experience. I'm very glad I did it. But uh, I'm also like, you know, it's it, it's a grind for sure. And uh, that can get that can get pretty taxing yeah. after a while. And, um, you know, it's also too, just like the toughest thing about it for me was like having like space and time and like the energy to go like, play music because you can't like make noise in your, in your apartment. Like you can in Oxford or anything like that, you know, you have to like, you, you know, you share a practice space with like four other bands or something and you got to schedule time and then you got to get there and like lug all your stuff everywhere. Oh yeah. So it's kind of a, yeah. And like all the, I had one good practice space that had a lot of really good light, but it was like five floors up on a walk up. Oh, Um, geez. Yeah. And so the, the rest of my other ones, we're in like basements, which were uh, pretty kind of, you know, it's it just when you feel like you're in a hole, it's yeah. not really the most like, uh, not really the most inspi- yeah, they're not really the most inspiring environment, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So that, that was kind of a bummer. And, uh, you know, the, I don't know, it's just, um, yeah, it's just a different, different energy and it's, uh, I'm, but I'm definitely glad I, I did it for a while, but, um, you know, it's, it is a tough place to uh, to. It's a tough place to be a musician for sure. I oh, think, you know. Yeah, I imagine. One of the things that I thought was cool is looking back at the artwork on the album covers, the, especially the first three. They all have kind of a New York feel to the album covers, like a Diane Arbus quality to the photos on the covers. So 
you know, moving to New York sounds like it was almost like a natural thing for you. Yeah. I mean, actually the, the two, the self-titled and rip this, those covers were both shot in New York. Okay. So yeah, the, the self-titled cover was just an outtake of like, uh, like a backstage, like when we played like at this club called Glasslands years ago. And, uh, and then the, I think the, uh, the rip this cover, we did at a photo studio on like spring street. And, uh, we had to rent, we had to rent a, uh, a decommissioned like shotgun for that, uh, for that shoot. Because if you fold it out, I'm holding like a football and a shotgun. Oh, and, okay. uh, yeah. So we had, so we went to this like prop house in like Soho and we go down in this basement and there's like decommissioned like Uzis and AK 47s, like basically any gun you can think of. <laughs> Wow. So they just hand us, they, they hand us this shotgun in a case and they're like, all right, just bring it back in a little bit. And we're like, okay. So then we walk out on the street and we, we're like, what are, <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> so we just jump in a cab. This place was like two blocks away, but we just jumped in the cab. Cause we were like, I don't want to be walking around solo with a shotgun in a case. Like that's not a great look. But jumping in a, in a cab with a shotgun isn't necessarily a good look either. Yeah. We, we, yeah I think we were, we were like, yeah, it's a prop gun. Like it's not, yeah. yeah. Somehow we made it work, but <laughs> We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. I want to take a minute and talk about our sponsor, Tiesta Tea. Tiesta is a tea company on a mission to create loose leaf tea beverages with premium ingredients that taste good and do good. Each tea is blended for one of five categories so you can energize, slenderize, boost antioxidants, boost immunity, and relax. My current favorite is Blueberry Wild Chow. You know, when I was growing up, my dad always told me, once you go loose, you never go bagged. And you know what? He was right. Go to tiestatea.com and use the promo code ANXIETY15 at checkout to get 15% off your order. Think you know tea? You haven't tried Tiesta tea. Yeah, so anyways, yeah, those, those two covers were shot in, in New York, actually, so... Yeah, that's that's crazy. I didn't even put that together. So the sound kind of changed a little bit when Rip This. It's, it's kind of expanded a little bit, but you said that was before you, you recorded that in Mississippi. So, no, Rip This we did in California. We did oh, it okay. in uh, Sonoma County. So I, I did the first two uh, in Mississippi, and then the third one, Rip This, in Sonoma County at a at a studio called Prairie Sun. Okay. It was where uh, it was where Tom Waits was like writer in residence for like ten years. Oh wow! Uh, so yeah, basically instead of a cowbell, we used like a metal pipe and banged on a radiator because there's a room called the Waits Room that's like has the craziest reverb that you'll ever hear because the whole studio is like a converted chicken barn. <laughs> and, uh, nice. Yeah. So instead of a cowbell, we used a, just a metal pipe on a radiator. Oh man! So that was pretty cool. Yeah. I like. The way that the the actual reverb on the instruments, your vocals kind of lessened a little bit, and yeah. I can definitely hear a advance in the songwriting. Like, okay, Citizen Ten is is awesome. Black don't glow.
sounds like a big leap forward in, in your songwriting and the recordings. And it's just, I liked how you're going and I can see the progression to the next album. Were you still the, or were you still kind of doing everything on your own at that point or were you starting to include people? Yeah. So I'd done, I'd done, um, I'd basically done all the demos kind of myself for that record. But then I had a drummer play on that record. My friend Lynn Clark played drums on that. And then we actually tracked all that record live. Wow. Um, yeah, so we tracked all that stuff live, which was really cool. Because we didn't have, like, we were getting a pretty good deal at the studio, but we still didn't have, like, a whole lot of time. And uh, and also, too, the songs, like, we figured that was a great way to, like, still, like, kind of capture the, like, energy without having to do too many, like, like tricks or anything like that. So. Right. Did your time in New York have an influence on your songwriting at all? Do you think, has it changed because of that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it totally did. That's the, the thing about, you know, living in New York and, you know, kind of partying and, you know, going out and doing that sort of stuff is there's always shit to write about. <laughs> so, there's always a new, like, sort of adventure or situation that you'll get into that you haven't been in before, you know? So that, so that was kind of cool. And, uh, you know, and just being able to kind of live there when like you're not on tour. Cause I think so, a lot of times people get in this cycle of like going on tour and then you go do a record and then like, what are you going to write about? You're just going to write about being on tour. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and a lot of times tour is like kind of, is pretty fucking boring, you know, it's just like <laughs> venue, hotel, van, repeat, you know, and every once in a while you like eat some crazy food or do something, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah. So I think, yeah, I mean, I think there's, a, there's a lot of stuff that I was able to kind of mine from just like living there and stuff like that. And, uh, sort of different, like weird situations that, you know, probably were not, were not situations that I would have necessarily gotten into in Oxford. Right. That makes sense. There's a four year gap between rip this and just business. Were you just playing live that time or was there other stuff going on? Yeah, I mean, we, we we toured a bunch on Rip This, and then um, I got, I guess I got back to New York and, you know, was kind of gradually writing stuff. But um, we had signed with a subsidiary of Sony, and um, so it was called, uh, what was it? It was called Century Media. Oh, yeah, so yeah. They were like, yeah, so they were distributed by Sony and all that. So we had like a, you know, and I was like, okay, this is like, if we're going to do like try to do like a major label type thing. Like this is a great chance, you know? So let's give it a shot. So basically a lot of that time was eating up doing like demos with different people and like, you know, getting things, uh, I mean, kind of like playing ball with like the, what the label wanted and, uh, and the label, what the label wanted and what I wanted out of the next record was pretty, uh, it was a pretty wide gap. Oh, really? Yeah, so it kind of took a while to like land on on something that uh that worked, and there was still there's still like kind of I don't know, it just took a while, you know. Whenever you got, you know, there's all sorts of people that were on like CC'd and stuff that like wanted, they just wanted to make us something like different than I wanted to do. Oh, okay. So yeah, so it took a while to find like a, a landing zone in terms of uh, something that kind of made us all happy. Yeah, you know, from a production and, and like producer standpoint, I guess. So you said you started working with the group, I would guess, because it's two guys, the heavy for that album. Yeah. How did you meet yeah. those guys? Was that the, something that that you you guys found, or was it something that the label 
suggested? Uh, it was, I think they, they had done a bunch of work for the label, like mostly kind of like more poppy stuff, but they had done some like heavier rock stuff. And, uh, yeah, their, their like resume is pretty all over the place. Yeah. Um, but, th- but they're both like rock guys at heart. So like, basically I think we met, I met them and, um, you know, I think I met him like at a bar in New York and I ended up getting him like really drunk. <laughs> and I, I mean, and I, I got drunk, I got pretty wasted myself and I was like, I like these guys. Let's fucking do it. And so I think I went in and did like one song and I was like, Oh man, this is kind of, this is kind of the move. And they're super sharp. Like, um, I loved working with them. Just like, they always had really great ideas on like structures and, uh, like harmonies and backing vocals and that sort of stuff. And, um, yeah, so it was fun. And also too, uh, doing the record it took a while because they were working out of a studio in Times square and okay. so we would kind of do and they were doing like some other stuff in the meantime like working on a few different things at the same time so i would really only go up there like two or three days a week ah. so and i and i was doing everything on that record except for uh except for drums on too high i played everything Wow. So yeah, it took, it took a lot longer. It took probably like three or three and a half months to like kind of record and, um, which is kind of a while, but yeah. So that took a while too. Um, but anyways, yeah, those guys were, those guys were amazing to work with and they're super, super talented and and really fast with editing because they had to edit a lot of my drum parts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, on rip this and just business, you kind of handed the reins over on rip this. It was produced mixed by Jacob Portrait and then the heavy was it hard to give the reins over after you've done everything DIY for so long um a little bit um but you also like it was, it was a little bit it's kind of hard to it was a little hard because like I couldn't be in control of everything and, and like I couldn't twist the buttons to make everything sound exactly like I wanted but at the same time I think it was like the the it was time to start like doing it you know kind of start progressing in that way and trying to kind of trying to explore explore some different stuff like that you know like i don't know like i mean the low i can always make like a lo-fi record you know i can i know i can do that but like i think it's uh it's probably it was just i took it upon myself as a challenge to try to make like a good good studio records and um and just kind of work with some different people get some different input you know so yeah that, that way it keeps everything from sounding too like samey and then that sort of shit. So, well, it worked. Cause even it, the progression between uh GBCD and rip this is, was big, but the, the change in, in the sound between rip this and just business is gigantic. I mean, the, the yeah. songs are amazing. I mean, you've got some incredible things like I love you. I think the odds are good, heavy. I mean, they, they're incredible songs and, and, a big change from the early sound, particularly heavy. Anyway, she turned right round and she said, child, I'm gonna take you to the Lord. Many a man I made beg and weak in the knees. Then she went down, turned me around, so goddamn holy. In that moment, I saw my
yeah i mean i always try to i always try to do a couple of things or have a couple of songs in there that like might surprise some people or something like that just to kind of just to just to prove to myself that i can do something like that you know what i mean yeah just to be like oh hey you can do that if you want to but um it doesn't have to all be like balls to the wall like right. distortion all the time you know right i mean and, and you've got okay so like a song like um odds are good and i love you i think to me i mean instead of just sounding garage rock it's got like a t-rex meets black rubber motorcycle club sound it's just really yeah. awesome Yeah, I think we kind of, I think we kind of wanted to do, you know, kind of have, it wasn't like a conscious decision, but maybe like, you know, have some of those songs that like sit like in a, in kind of more like mid tempo, like more of a groove rather than just like a full speed ahead sort of thing. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. And then you could like bob your head to rather than like, you could just bob, not necessarily headbang, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We still have plenty of those. We still have plenty of those, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, just kind of switch the vibe up and, um, you know, I don't know. Well, Heavy shocked me a lot when I first heard it. And I imagine it shocked a lot of the fans because it, it, I don't think you have any other song like that. Yeah, people were pissed. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it probably wasn't, you know, I think that being like our, I don't know if that was our first single or something like that. Like, that might not have been... It was a definitely a, a de definitely a move that took some. I, I don't I don't know if that was necessarily the correct decision, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, some people did, did not like that at all, and uh, man, but, uh, you know, that's that's okay. You know, you don't have to like everything. <laughs> no, and you know? to, to me, it's it's. I think it's my favorite song that you've written. Oh wow! I absolutely love that. It's been in my head since you agreed to do the podcast i've been going back and listening to oh, all please. the albums and it's the one that gets stuck in my head the most oh man thanks so much oh is there more progression in what you're working on now are there more songs like that or is it going to be closer to garage rock or is it just gonna be a big mix how do you think um, it's gonna go yeah i don't know i mean i think there's definitely been a progression in the songwriting and you know it's been a bunch of songs that i've been kind of kicking around i mean because i've had the time like there's been no obviously no touring or anything yeah. or anything like that. So I've had the time to kind of kick these around. So yeah, I don't know. We, we were doing it with uh, Patrick Carney from the black keys and oh, did nice. it at his, um, at his place in Nashville. So we're just kind of waiting on the mixes to get back right now, but it's definitely, um, it's definitely going to be like a, I kind of wanted a nice blend between like the clarity and, and like the, you know, the way that like, uh, the way that just business kind of sounded as a record and but then also like still have it be like gritty and like hit in all the right places just kind of like uh gb city did so trying to get like a good mix of both of those two in terms of like sound and vibe so uh we'll see we're, we're pretty fucking close at this point so i'm hoping we can we can pull it off i'm really excited because i think just business is the has the catchiest songs you've ever written i mean diamond in the rough i don't want to know i don't want to know is awesome that's got this awesome like 
doom sludginess to it. It's freaking yeah, great, yeah. man. I love that. Is the band contributing more? Your brothers in the band, and you've got another yeah, guy. So he's, he, yeah, he's been uh, helping. He's been helping kind of write and arrange. And we did we did a, a few different rounds of like demos for all these, and uh, you know, a um, couple of different sessions doing that. So we've definitely like put I put probably more time into the demo process and like the pre production on this one than I have on any other record. Um, wow. And then we had, uh, we recorded this one live as well. And we had our, our new drummer, Ian Kirkpatrick come up and play the drums. Um, so we did all this stuff, all the basic tracks we did live and then did a whole nother session of like overdubs and everything like that. So it's got plenty of, uh, little ear candy bits on there. We put a ton of shit on there. So oh, excellent. Um, yeah. So it'll, you know, we, we definitely have a lot to play with in terms of mixing. So, um, we'll see what we can work out. You've also did a, a one-off single with Eve Six, you were right. I can see you from dead miles from here, stretching out your spine like a cheetah. how did that come together because that's a really good song yeah so i started i think i was like it was like an ice storm in oxford so it was like it was like seven days in a row of it being like 10 degrees and like frozen like like 10 inches of snow on the ground so i was like basically locked in the house and uh so basically i was just sitting there like drinking whiskey and you know his Twitter had started being like, you know, pretty like popping off and, yeah. you know, shit or whatever. So I started talking shit to him and I got him to respond. I said, I said something that I knew that he would know, like something about some like producer that I know that he's probably worked with or like, you know, something like that. Okay. And, uh, so basically started kind of talking shit to him and, uh, then it kind of got to be this whole thing and hit like his fans are like going yelling at me and all this shit. And, uh, so I woke up the next day and had a big hangover and my girlfriend was, she was up before me and she was like, what the fuck did you do last night on Twitter? And I was like, oh, fuck. yeah, she was like, I was like, yeah, I should probably like DM that dude and, you know, tell him like, sorry or whatever. So I DM'd him and I was like, man, it wasn't mean anything. I was just, you know, drunk and popping off. Like, you know, and he was like, he was like, damn it. I wanted to like, not like you guys, but I listened to you guys and you guys fucking rule. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and so we kind of were joking and we were like, yeah, like it would be hilarious if we like ended up doing a song or doing a tour or something out of this. And I was like, well, I have this instrumental that I can't really figure out what to do on. And I don't think it really fits with any of the other stuff that I've been kind of writing. So I sent it to him and 
you know, basically within the week we had, we had put it out already. Wow. <laughs> so, Jeez. so yeah. So we basically, yeah, we went from like beefing on Twitter to like putting out a song in less than a week. Oh my gosh. That's um, amazing. Yeah. So, so that was fun. And that was, and that, yeah, that was one of those things that I had kind of done like a one-off sort of instrumental that I didn't really know where it fit. And then like, I sent it to him and he was like, I know exactly what to do. And like, he sent it back to me and I was like, Oh yeah, this is going to fucking rip. So oh, man, it yeah, does. It was, cool too. To do, it was cool to do something like, like that, that, um, you know, just to kind of keep people remind people that we're still here, you yeah. know, because you know, there's not really that many ways to do that, especially over the majority of the pandemic when you couldn't play shows or anything like that. And like, yeah. I'm really not a huge fan of like the live stream shows. I mean, I think those are, I mean, whatever works for, whatever works for you as a band or whatever, but it was just gonna, that's just not really something that I was like super stoked about yeah. um, doing. But anyways, some of them don't work out so well. I mean, you get, streaming issues buffering th issues it's just you know sometimes yeah it's just... and, and the other thing is like it's hard to especially when you have stuff like that it's hard to like really justify asking people to pay for it or yeah. something like that you know what i mean and it's still it still costs to like put those things on and like have them be good quality you yeah know? and you're just playing so, with empty rooms so you, you're not yeah yeah that's the that's the other thing it's like the whole it's like the antithesis of what a live show is supposed to be it's just like yeah. no no energy low energy and you know i don't know it just wasn't something that i was very keen on so it was cool to be able to do some stuff like like something like that with max it was like super quick and and fun that's awesome yeah maybe you know maybe if you're doing an acoustic bass from a death set but i don't know <laughs> i don't know how yeah, well that would work we did one we did one of those type things at like south by southwest like years and years ago maybe like 2011 or 2012 and i was like yeah i'm not ever doing anything like that again <laughs> so, yeah we're not this ain't this ain't it yeah What's touring like for you guys? Is it, it's, is it all still DIY a lot and, and getting things, putting things in and out yourself and, and, and you got any good memories of touring or, or horrible disasters that have happened? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's been so long. We haven't played a show since December, 2019. So wow. the last tour we did before that was in Australia. We did uh, three shows in Australia or four, I think. Yeah. Four. Um, but yeah, so it's been uh yeah i don't know i mean there's it's kind of all a blur it's um after a while i mean there's a few like sort of hilarious things that have happened yeah. but um you know like our our drummer got his he had his passport in his back pocket as we were on the like bus to the hotel to like fly back from france and we had to start a new tour in like three days after we got home and so um he got his passport stolen right before we were supposed to fly home. So we basically had to go to the airport like right when it opened and just beg everybody to let us back in without a passport. It was also like over like a long like holiday weekend. So like the U S embassy wasn't open. There was just like no way to do it. Oh. So we were going to have to either like postpone the like tour, which we had, like we were touring with another band that was from Australia in the U S so it would have just thrown so many things out of whack if oh. that wouldn't have, that would have like gone down differently. So luckily somehow he was able to fly back into the U S without a passport, Oh my which, God. Like, which is pretty bonkers. No, but he had to go, he, he had to go through like crazy security stuff and background checks and all sorts of stuff. But like, yeah, that was pretty, that was pretty wild. Um, but yeah, that's the only, 
I mean, there's been a ton of other like little close calls, but that that was like probably the most major one, I think. Do you have a process to writing music? I mean, or do you make yourself sit down and write or demo or anything, or is it just when stuff hits you? I usually kind of uh, I'll get ideas or something like that, like throughout the day of little things, and I'll like usually do a stupid little voice memo of something, like whether it be like a bass line or a little drum beat or something like like that. Okay. And then when I can get back and sit down with like a guitar on a drum set, like then I'll kind of start fleshing it out and just kind of build it from there. But usually it always just starts with like something that's like knocking around in my head. And um, I just try to always have that voice memo thing kind of handy. Is there anything that influences the music? Like I, I think I, I think <laughs> I, I heard that you had an interest in noir and the real housewives any any of that ever make it into your into your... no 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 real housewives or anything yeah <laughs> I don't know but uh, yeah uh, uh, that's that's a, yeah I don't know it's usually just kind of inspired by just stuff I'm hearing uh, just throughout the day or stuff um you know I don't know I try to I try to listen to a bunch of different stuff and watch a bunch of different stuff so I'll usually get, kind of um, pick up a few little tidbits of things here and there like all sorts of different shit so is there um any plans now that things are starting to open up to get back out on the road anytime soon? Um, yeah, I mean, nothing on the books at the moment, but, um, I mean, hopefully, hopefully pretty soon just kind of depends on what the timetable is going to look like for this record. And, uh, but once we know that we'll be able to, we'll be able to kind of plan some stuff and, and hopefully get back at it, out there and hit it pretty, pretty hard. Well, I hope so. Cause I, I want to see you guys again. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'd love if you guys. I did too. I feel like it's been it's been like a, almost two years since I played a show. So be, yeah. I want to I want to play it too. Like it, I'm hoping to, I'm hoping it's like riding a bike. I hope I didn't forget how to do it. So yeah, <laughs> I think I'm I'm confident you'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. It should be good. <laughs> well, man, I've kept you a while, man. Thank you so much for coming on and and chatting with me. Uh, Absolutely. Where can people follow you on? Twitter, Instagram, any other? Yeah, it's all, just, it's all just at bass drum of death. It's uh, it's pretty easy. That's it. Very easy. And yeah, and and we're a pretty easy Google too. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm hoping that we uh, get some news about a new album pretty soon, man. So thank you again. Yeah, me too. Thanks again, and hotty toddy. Hope you guys do all right tonight. Absolutely. We we already lost, but uh, oh, yeah, so no worries. You know, it's a long season. Yeah, it's it's long Marquette season. too. Yeah, yeah, they're good. Thank you so much, man. All right. Cool. Thanks, man.